And welcome everybody to the podcast, which is just about just riding about. It's the just riding about podcast. It's an exciting time to be a cyclist and to be interested in bikes because as we record this on the eve of three weeks of worshipping at the altar of Gary Imlach, we're all going to be better, better placed because we will have more Gary Imlach in our lives. Uh, and on that joyful note, I'm going to welcome my friend Enzo to the podcast. Enzo, how are you doing? Hello, Bob. Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad at all. Um, chugging along as 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 usual. Um, I, in the wars a little bit, mate. I know there's always something going on, but uh, nice. yeah. <laughs> What, no, what what have you done to yourself now? Well, I've got a little bit of a uh, injury. Now, strangely enough, it, it's not cycle related, although it is a little bit affecting my cycling. I've got I've got golfer's elbow. I don't even play golf. I don't even okay. like golf. Yeah, I've got okay. golfer's elbow. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I mean, so not not crazy golfer's elbow either. No, just I, I don't even play much of that. I mean, it's. Uh, it's just a pain. It's an inflammation of one of the ligaments in the elbow. It's a bit like tennis elbow, but on the other side. Now, I don't know why tennis elbow is kind of on the right-hand side of the elbow and golfer's elbow is on the left-hand side, but there you go. There must be some medical reason why they've called it that. But anyway, all it means is that if I try to hold something or grab it or, you know, sort of okay. do anything of kind of exertion with my arm, um, it just hurts a bit. So... Uh, saw the old physio. I did a bit of acupuncture. You ever had acupuncture, mate? I've not had acupuncture, actually. Oh, it's a funny old carry-on. <laughs> they stick a needle and they stick it deep in the muscle. I kind of could. I didn't want to look because um, oh, he said, yeah. uh, I'm going to jab this one deep in the muscle. And I thought, right, okay, do what you like, mate. And then, and this one's going to go deep in the tendon. And they kind of put the needle in. They're super fine needles. I mean, you do feel it. Oh, God, you, you do feel it. Um, but then he says, right, we'll leave that for a few minutes. And he kind of walked off. And he just left me with my arm sort of dangling over the side of the kind of, uh, uh, the sort of couch thing that you're lying on with a couple of needles hanging out. Um, right. I didn't look, mate. I just left, sort of kind of <laughs> looked up at the ceiling and thought, yep, yeah, I don't really want to see these things uh, poking out of my arm. But, you know, I don't know. Apparently it does, it does work. Um, it helps to release the pressure in the muscles and the, the I don't know, mate, I'm making this up. Wow. I'm pretending I know what it means, but I, I've got no idea how it works, but there you go. He said, you know, uh, he gave me some things to do and hopefully within a couple of weeks, I should be uh, back to full strength, but, um, but yeah, not very nice, mate. It's a little bit, a little bit painful, but, uh, you know, we're of an age, I think, are we not? Well, yeah, I mean, we are. I mean, and that's, uh, that's, I mean, I've got, I, I do, I, I have a sort of a needle story. It's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, we've both, both got needle stories from injuries uh, from sports, which is not cycling. So I suppose <laughs> the moral of this story is that we should keep cycling and stop doing other sports. But I, I had, I've, as you know, and this is listeners probably don't know, uh, my, uh, my, my knees have, have possibly been in, in poorer shape than they are now. One knee in particular. And, um, I had, 
I had to go for uh, like a steroid injection um, into my kneecap or just like sort of underneath my kneecap to this sort of like, apparently there's a little sort of a, a sack of spongy jelly squelch in there, which kind of sits under the kneecap. And mine was was not reinflating. It was not doing the job that it was supposed to do. It had been squished and it wasn't coming back again. So the plan was they were going to give a steroid injection into it to get it to buck its ideas up a little bit. And um, a little bit of research told me that this is a painful injection. It told me that <laughs> this, this is an injection, which is, you know, where you get that sort of injection where they go, sharp scratch. It's not that. It's it, This is this one. This will make you shout a bit. So I was like, oh, okay, okay. So I was ready to go. And um, I got in and I was sort of uh, chatting away to the, the doctor that was going to do it. And they said... Um, I said, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, so, uh, you know, there and sit down, you know, shorts on and right over, so that's where I'm going to go in. I said, well, okay, I said, and I said, I've, I've heard that this is, uh, heard that this is painful. And he said, yeah, 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 it's a painful one. <laughs> I, said, I said, okay, well, okay. He said, well, he said, you, you don't need to worry. So the first shot I'll give you is it will be a, a, a numbing injection, uh, and that will numb the area. And then I'll give you the proper injection, so you you won't you won't feel as much. I said, oh, okay, yeah, great. And he said, right, he said, well, this will. He said, the only thing is, like, I'm going in through, you know, like some sort of tight muscle here. He said, uh, this will sting a little bit, but not much. I said, oh, okay, fine. So he went in, gave me the shot, takes the needle out. There you go. And he went, yep, there you go, all done. And I said, right, great. I said, so uh, what does this take? Like five or ten minutes to sort of kick in. He said, no, I've done it. That was it. I said, so that wasn't a pain-killing injection. And the guy said, no, I lied. Now, that's a little bit naughty. <laughs> well, he told me. It was, it was naughty, but it worked. Because he just because he said, look, this won't hurt. This is just going to be a little scratch. This is going to be a painkiller. Don't worry. And I then wasn't worried. And, and did it hurt? No, not really. It was just oh. like a little bit of a sting. What a brilliant doctor. There you oh. go. That's perfect. Perfect. Oh. Superb stuff. Yeah, ne- ne- needles aren't my bag either, mate. I'm not overly keen. I think it's not so much the, the it's not the pain, it's just thinking that you're kind of being stabbed. That's the that's the that's the kind <laughs> oh. of the bit that I don't like. But but that kind of visual thing. visual realization of yeah. uh, something's been stuck sort of like into you. The metal sort of going into you. Yeah. 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 But um but yeah, so it's curtailed a little bit of cycling for me, mate. But there's um there's something going on this weekend which uh I kind of don't mind missing out on. So I don't know if I mentioned this last time. I don't think I did, but some of the some of the people that I cycle with, they're doing something called the Dunnage Dynamo, which okay. is a night ride. So um literally they're doing I think it's about 115 miles. So it's quite a long old ride. Right. But it's but it's through the night. Uh, I think, I don't know, I think they start eight or nine in the evening and they just ride all the way through the night and sort of finish, uh, you know, in, in the, you know, in the early hours as it were uh, of the next day. Okay. Um, and they did ask me to go along and I kind of flatly said, no, nah, you're right. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's just not my bag, mate. I, I, I mean, I don't like riding when it's kind of starting to get dark anyway, regardless. I'm not, I'm not keen on, um motorists potentially not seeing seeing me properly no um, okay but i i can't think of anything worse than not only riding at night but riding when potentially i should be sleeping that's always a little bit of a scary thing i don't know 
if you'd do something like that, mate. But I'm, I, yeah, I, I didn't even entertain the idea for a moment. Um, uh, no, yeah, not for me. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can sort of, I can sort of understand it. I mean, um, well, yeah, as we've as we've already touched on 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 this podcast episode as well as a few others, we are both uh, of a, of a certain age. And yeah, and I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I enjoy a, a little bit of, uh, of, of cycling suffering as much as the next man, but you know, there are some points where there are certain suffering that you can just sort of well and truly do without. And yeah, possibly riding through the night might be one of those for me as well. I also don't get on well when I haven't had the proper number of hours of, of sleep. I am a man that has had no children uh, and I do know people who have had children and they will quite happily tell me how many hours sleep they've had that night before. <laughs> and I do sort of wonder how, how are you not just like sitting in a corner and crying? Cause that's what I probably would be if I had had three. And it was only the odd, uh, the odd occasion where, uh, where, where my, a few weeks ago my, my my dog was ill and uh i was sort of uh, up with her for a bit of the night and then um you know kind of slept in the sofa so uh you know we can uh, so I, I could get her out of the door if we needed to quickly if that makes some sort of sense yeah. and uh yeah that led to about three hours and three and a half hours sleep that night and i was just a walking wreck in the morning so yeah how you do that through uh, a period of time i mean yeah i mean it's supposed to be fun i mean a couple of the people that are doing it have done it before uh <laughs> and they've said, yeah quite and they've said <laughs> you know there's, there's i mean there's a lot of people that do it so you'll be riding with you know stacks of other people that that sign up to this yeah. kind of thing yeah. but you know regardless i can't think of nothing worse it's sort of half four in the morning and you've still you know you've still potentially got yeah. 40 miles still to go yeah. so i gave that one a bit of a swerve mate but there's something that i have got organized which um i've kind of been desperate to do for a while now and that's um we've organized a uh, cycle ride abroad right and when i say okay. abroad i mean uh france which is i mean technically it's abroad but it's not france that far is, france is abroad it's abroad so it's something i've always wanted to do is kind of cycle uh, you know in another country and um a few of us have got together <laughs> on the other side of the road <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean i will be on the other side of the road you will um, be on the other road um, so yeah, so we, we've booked that for, uh, I think September. Um, there's a little Thanks. bit of logistics, getting the bikes to the, uh, to the kind of channel tunnel and then over, over into the, over into yeah. France. And then we've got to get a ferry back and all that kind of stuff. Now, isn't it, isn't sort of getting a bike on the channel tunnel, one of the more difficult things, I think, well, realistically getting any bike on any train in this country, yeah. realistically, is one of the most difficult things to do, even though they will keep telling you about how, what, you know, how, how great it is to travel by bike on a train, but they don't exactly make life easy, at well, least in my experience. And and you're, you're dead right, mate, because the, the pain to 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 be able to organize this and and luckily it wasn't me that did it it was our good friend elio unfortunately right. who's, who sorted it all out it it's it was a it's difficult to to get uh you know they only allow so many bikes on the train and there's yeah. only certain number of trains that will actually allow bikes at all so on the yeah. way back there is no train that allows bikes so we've got to get a ferry back 
uh, from France back to England. Absolutely oh, mate, unbelievable. It's, it's, it's um, and exactly what you say, you know, they're pushing bikes, you know, get off your cars and ride bikes. But when it comes to doing anything that's, you know, more than just riding to the shops and back, it gets a little bit more difficult. So, yeah, it, it wasn't an easy thing to sort, but uh, bless him, he's done it. And it wow. looks like we're all, we're all systems go. Uh, for uh, and it literally will be a day, so we'll sort of leave early morning, do about 60, 70 miles, uh, sort of in France, um, and then and then back again. So, Super. yeah, passports ready, and uh, <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll have something to report back when uh, when we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Superb! Look at that. There's always one eye on content. That's what I like. That's what I love about it. But though the, um, I mean, when I've certainly when we were looking at at uh, trying to do uh, a bit of a ride, a bit of a a bit of an A to B ride, kind of quite a lot, quite a few years ago now, um, uh, when we were looking to do the the South Downs Way, um, yeah, yeah. and we we're looking at sort of booking how we were going to book that, and it was so kind of looking sort of well okay so we either go from where we are to an end and get back or go to that end and then ride back to where we are we are now if you know what I mean it's like where we've sort of parked now and being able so there was four of us that was that that, that were going to do it so four of us four bikes and then you look at the the kind of trains that of course there's not a direct train so there's kind of like either two trains or possibly three trains and it's like well you know some of them will allow six bikes on some of them will allow four bikes on and you think okay so was well can i reserve this bike ticket no right so we we just have to sort of go and gamble that there's not one other guy there with a bike. That's we can't really do it's that because we're booking. You know, you got to book places to stay, and yeah, and you can't just kind of on the off chance that we, you know, what three of us get on the train and somebody waits for the next one, and then hopefully there won't be four on there. I mean, uh, it's not good. Uh, it, it, it's not good, mate. The the, the uh, you know that side of using your bike where you should just be able to hop on a train and go somewhere ride your bike hop on a train back um and it, and it should be easier than it is but it's yeah i think we've still got a long way to go before you know you certainly can yeah. easily ride your bike anywhere if you see what i mean yeah it, it certainly highlights um the the, uh, the 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 failings of 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 trying to sort of like you know link up with with uh, the train system which is supposed to be uh you know the the, the you know one of the ways forward realistically yeah. now enzo i want to talk to you tonight about all things aero <laughs> When I say aero, I'm not talking about the sort of uh, delicious, uh, bubbly oh. chocolate. I have, as you know, I've uh, this year I've been doing a couple more, um, a couple more time trials, and uh, sort of getting into doing a little bit more of of that. You know, kind of ten mile time trials. Get on, off you go as quick as you can for ten miles. Thank you very much, and you're done. And for the last, for the uh, first few, I was kind of basically just doing that. I was kind of essentially getting on my bike, riding as quick as I could for the 10 miles and then finishing and, and thought, well, there you go. That's, that's what you do there, isn't it? Um, but then, you know, a couple of other things that sort of kind of come to my mind that, that there are, there are ways that I could be quicker at this. Um, the first way that struck me was, 
um when i uh, did a, uh, a tt uh, the other the other day well, a few weeks ago now and it was a sort of like a lap and a half of a loop so the lap's about six miles so you sort of do a lap and then you do like you know kind of two-thirds of the next lap and then you hit the finish and you just sort of tootle back to the car park sort of thing and as i'm tootling back i'm going up a bit of a hill and the guy that comes past me who's on his out so he's Hot. I've finished, but he's yeah. being timed, and he's higher up the classification than me, so he's quicker than me. And he rattles past me on the flat, you know, and he's got you know TT bars, aero, fully aero, you know, paint on suit, you know, quite possibly an aero helmet as well. And he blats past me on the flat, and then hits the 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 uphill, and really slows down to the point that I'm just sort of pootling along. Um, and I'm start, I'm certainly keeping pace with him and almost catching him at this point, but he's not standing up. He's still in the aero tuck and just turning the pedals until he gets to the top and then disappears off again at the speed of light. And I kind of thought, well, there, there's something that I'm doing wrong for a start. Cause I'm sort of, I'm kind of coming to the bottom of the hill and I'm just hit, just going up the hill as quick as I can, you know, standing up, bash, 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 get to the top. And then like problem solving when I get to the top and trying to swallow my lungs. So I kind of thought, well, I need to think about more about what I'm doing and energy conservation and burning matches and all that sort of thing that people talk about. But something else that struck me, not then, but when I got home, was how completely and totally un-aerodynamic <laughs> that I was. And, it, and I wasn't aware of this until I got home because there's a couple of guys that turn up to the TTs and they take uh, photographs and they put them up on Flickr accounts. And I saw a picture of me on a Flickr account. Now, bearing in mind, I knew where this guy was. I saw the photographer. So as I rode past, I was, you know, kind of giving it my best to look like I knew what I was doing. You know what I mean? And in my, in my mind's eye, I was like, you know, David Miller at his, in his absolute fastest, you know, I would, my, okay, my hands are on the hoods, but my elbows were, you know, my, my, my forearms were completely flat to the road. If you know what I mean? I was, you know, there was an absolute ruler sharp straight line. My head was down. I was looking up my whole, my shoulders were hunched. I was the picture of aero. What I saw in the flicker picture, um, it looked like I was riding a, like a, a baker's delivery bicycle, <laughs> Down a cobbled street in the 1920s, possibly wearing a flat cap and some Doc Martin's boot. I I was the most unaerodynamic shape I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And th- and then sort of, you know, chatting to a few people and, you know, just kind of uh, chatting to my friend Patrick, who then lent me some little sort of uh, kind of clip-on aero bars to sort of have a little bit of a go of. And so I had a little bit of a go at them. and. Yeah, I just by kind of, you know, sitting your hands on these little aero bars, pulling your elbows in, which then round your shoulders. Uh, I was just it was just so much quicker. I it, it was a, a real light bulb moment for me. So invested in a set and I see you, you have a set my, as well. Yeah. So you had a- now, the, the kind of thing, you know, when you watch the kind of YouTube videos where people talk about you know, saving weight on your bike and trying to get quicker. I mean, the upshot of all of that is that the the kind of the worst, 
the thing that slows us down the most is us on the bike. It's the person that we are the, the bit that, you know, you can have all the fancy wheels and the fancy frames and all the lightest bike in the world that this you've got this big hulking human sitting over the top we're the thing that slows it down so yeah just by making those slight changes have you suggested with those clip-on bars where you bring your elbows in your shoulders come in a bit and you're just slightly more streamlined Mm. by grabbing onto those bars rather than you having your hands out on the drops it will make a difference now yeah you said you sent me a pair and i you know, in in my excitement, I put them on straight away, and I just went for. A, and I think I told you this. I went for a little ride with my with my lad, and normally he's a lot quicker than me. You know, he's a lot younger, he's a lot smaller, a lot lighter, and uh, he. You know, we have we had the old little little sprints on the along the road um, when it's clear, as a bit of fun, and he always beats me. But mate, you would not believe that just by having those aero bars. He was struggling to keep up with me. And he was going, Dad, you're cheating, you're cheating. I said, that, 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 that's just what it is. <laughs> so there's, there's definitely, you know, the science is, is 100% with those aero bars. Now, what I mm. was going to ask you is now when I clip them on yes. and I put them on, I put them on kind of completely dead flat, as in kind of, uh, you know, flat to the floor, if you see what I mean. But I've seen some yeah. people have them kind of tilted up a bit so they're kind of arm. So I, yeah. I, I don't know if I did it right or did it wrong. I mean, do you, do you tilt them up a bit or do you have them kind of literally, at, you know, flat? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not entirely certain if there's a if there is a right or a wrong. Realistically, it's kind of like what uh, what sort of works for you. I mean, I've I kind of set mine up and I've had a I've had after putting mine on and these are these are fairly sort of straightforward uh sort of tt style um sort of like ski yep. pole type things and there's like a sort of a like a sort of a wave bend in them and yeah so i i kind of set mine up must be said i did set mine up so they did sort of tilt upwards slightly um i was just sort of messing around with them and and that sort of um but again possibly with my sort of size i am i'm i'm pretty much kind of bang on six foot and a, and a little bit and i was riding a, a 56 frame with a, a fairly long-ish sort of stem on it and having them sort of tilted up slightly uh, sort of felt um felt the kind of more comfy place for them to be just to sort of start with and as well as that i i didn't put them out too long as well because we've got adjustment on the uh we've got adjustment with these particular ones on where the little yeah. elbow pads are and also how long the so the sort of the tilt up and up and down and also the the, the overall length of the sort of ski pole itself the ones um I, I sort of started them off really kind of quite short to sort of to kind of really to kind of try and sort of get the hang of it realistically but whether that was right or that was wrong i'm not entirely certain but getting the but yeah i had a little bit of a a, only sort of really kind of done about seven or eight miles on them so far but um yeah just kind of getting the getting the hang of it and i mean i've i'm noticing that yeah you know where you sort of said just you know just kind of you know beating your son there similar sort of thing i'm just kind of riding along with it and then just sort of thinking coming into like a, um, a, a turn in the road that I've, that I've done loads of times and just sort of coming up to it and sort of thinking, crikey, I am, what sort of speed am I doing? I am just, I sort of felt quicker. So, so anyway, using these bars and bar position is certainly, I, I do realize that I have essentially kind of taken a step down 
the aero path of possible insanity because um as it is i i have been sort of like you know looking at, at which jersey does fit me <laughs> the tightest and doesn't flap and doesn't move and i and i have um i mean what is good news is that uh, apparently i have seen that um that it's quicker if uh you know there's there's aero helmets and all the rest of it yeah certainly of course some aero helmets are quicker than others but if you've just got a regular cycling helmet like i have um it's actually faster if you have no hair under it um, oh well, we're laughing then mate yeah oh, exactly you know. <laughs> my my head is incredibly aero um but because of course there's the sort of air because you know you've got those sort of vent holes the air does kind of come in and it's going to run over your head and run out a lot more easily and a lot more efficiently if you've got nothing on there slowing it down now let me stop you here skip now if i remember rightly i don't know about six or seven months ago when you first got into the old time trials yes it was Oh, do you know what? I'm just going to do it for fun because I haven't done yes. it since I was 18. I'm going to do it on my gravel bike with my novelty This is true. <laughs> this is also true. And now you're talking about aero bars and shaving your head and getting the less flappy jersey. I mean, I come know. on, mate. What is happening? I know. I can't help it. I don't know what's <laughs> happened. Look, I was I was surprised as everybody else. But, uh, I mean, even to the point that I was uh, I was there, I was buying um, a, a couple of bits um, um, on uh, doing a little bit of internet shopping, you know, as as one does, and, and thought, yeah, I, I do need a new pair of, of a new, need a new pair of bibs. And they're just sort of standard, everyday sort of DHB bibs, you know, just bib shorts, there they are. And um, they had um you know money off of these and they did like a special for one day which like dropped the price by about another 10 quid and they're only about 24 quid i think is what i paid for them um but I, the dhb classics and it was like oh you know yeah we'll get a pair of those and anyway they came and i sort of tried them on i didn't realize that the classics but, but whatever whatever that means but they were just that bit longer and they actually kind of come right down to the sort of top of the knee All right and i and i couldn't help but look at them and go yeah probably more aero though <laughs> now talked about them on this podcast before uh and i i think although i've had uh, no no uh, no evidence of this but i believe people have enjoyed it before um because some cyclists have got them some cyclists don't have them inner tubes uh <laughs> that's what we've been talking about and you've been fixing them i believe um i think i mentioned before mate that i've i've switched to tpu inner tubes as opposed to the kind of the sort of big thick black butyl or butyl um kind of rubber inner tubes that you usually get um okay and, and tpu are what exactly it's a thermoplastic something or other i have to okay. admit, i'm not quite sure um what the, the 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 sort of chemical composition of these things are but they're massively smaller thinner lighter and i mean if you believe the statistics mate they're faster potentially faster than being um now this will suit you down to the ground right hang on a minute yeah exactly let me write this down <laughs> being <laughs> all, all tt'd up now uh, potentially quicker than using um uh, tubeless on uh on uh right. on a road wow. because they 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 work out lighter than than the than a tubeless tire with all the sealant and all the gubbins on it, if you've yeah, got a okay. normal tire with a TPU tube. But anyway, other than them being, uh, you know, of a benefit in terms of weight, 
space saving in your uh, in your little saddlebag as a spare and the rolling resistance being a lot less there is one kind of slight downside to these to these tubes and that's kind of patching them now you can buy the specific hold, hold on a second let me just stop you there did you say patching tubes patching tu- oh, don't tell me you don't patch tubes i have possibly in my life maybe patched a tube twice oh, and and both times <laughs> both times it has gone so badly i vowed never to do it again put a new tube in and away we go again Right, well, listen to this because this is going to be this is going to be your your answer to not wanting to patch a tube. So, okay. So they do sell these kind of patching kits specifically for TPU tubes, okay. um, but they don't work. The the patch okay. peels off. <laughs> it's no good. It's no good at all. Um, I've tried and they, they literally don't don't stick don't stick properly. Now I've had a bit of practice with this because over the last kind of few rides, I've I've had a few punctures annoyingly but it was down to uh and i've since fixed this now it was down to the tires that i had now i'd noticed that some of the the you know you get the old nick and the little uh you know the you know you hit a bit of flint and it kind of just puts a little slice in the tire but i think i've noticed that some of these nicks have kind of gone all the way through so it's a bit more you know there's a bit of a split in the tire Right, um, okay. And I can kind of see because the, now the good thing with a TPU tube is that they come in funny colors. So I've got pink ones, I've got green ones, yeah, and okay. you can just see flashes of green and pink as you know as you kind of spin the wheel. Um, wow. So you, whereas with a black inner tube, it looks the same color as the tire, so you can't yeah. quite notice it. So I think as I've been riding, sort of debris been getting into these little little slits that i've got and obviously okay. as soon as it touches the the inner tube it just pops it just goes anyway there is an answer to patching tpu tubes um okay. and and i'll tell you why you're gonna like it um it's because it's so easy uh, even you know i'm sure even you could do it it's to use you know the pre-glued patches that you can buy for your normal butyl inner tube yes yes now, they're not overly recommended because they don't usually work that well or they're a very temporary fix and they will kind of peel yeah. off. Oh, you, you asked me why I don't fix tubes. Has it, you've, you've given three different possibilities which all don't work very well. Yeah, I'll tell you why anyway. Carry on. Bizarrely, these kind of pre-glued patches work perfectly on TPU tubes. I mean, again, oh, I don't okay. I don't understand the science. I don't understand the chemical composition that means that these kind of pre-glued patches stick better on the TPU tube than they do on what they're actually designed to stick on, which is the, the kind of rubber inner tubes. But I've, I've found that using those um, absolutely patches them perfectly. So I guess if there's people out there that want to kind of, and it may, it's a no-brainer to use TPU inner tubes, that there's no benefit to using the old-style rubber butyl tubes. They're heavier, right. they the rolling resistance is a lot higher. Um, they take up more space, like I said, in your kind of um, saddle bag when you want to bring a spare. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there is it, it's a, it, there is no reason now not to use a TPU in a tube. Um, but obviously the patching was the problem. But now that we've kind of, uh, you know, discovered the answer to patching the TPU tube, which is to use the, the old pre-glued patches, there, you know, it's everyone should be should be doing it. Because uh, because my road biking is still is is rooted in the past, I'll ask you the question of: Do they do them in twenty three millimeter size? Mate, they do them as low as eighteen. So you oh, no, 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 we're talking. 
Fantastic. And I have written it down. TPU tubes. TPU tubes. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's the future. So that's that's super. Well, I've got the so I know that I'm going to be running TPU tubes in my road bike. Um, but coming off the road just momentarily, I have reached a little bit of a crossroads in my mountain bike ownership, or for for both of the mountain bikes that I own. Uh, if you like um but that's kind of that sort of led me in, led me into sort of finding uh something else on on ebay not that not that i'm going to be bidding for it not that i'm going to be bidding for it but if there's one thing that i enjoy doing probably more than anything it's just it's gradual just slowly perusing um the uh the 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 the, the various things on ebay um and using it almost like an argos catalog uh <laughs> for my cycling addiction and um because essentially i don't know to to shine a little bit of light on my on my mountain bike situation i i have two mountain bikes uh they're both 29 hardtails they're both uh one is a trek one is a giant they're both on the relatively cheap end of the spectrum of what you would purchase so therefore they've both got fairly cheapy kind of coil sprung forks um the 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 one on the track that i've had for longer they just stopped working a long long time ago uh the giant on the 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 last couple of uh rides that i've used it for uh has sort of kind of finished them off um (laughs) the they they now don't have sort of like uh, a, a a smooth progressive movement what they've got is either fully extended half extended or compressed and it sort of just goes bang 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 as you like <laughs> kind of compress it and pull it out so uh, i'm looking at the different things there and the the, the trek's got uh, tubeless wheels on it and sorry the giant has and the trek doesn't but i like the trek frame and uh, the, the, i like the trek the bars and slightly narrower and the geometry lends it better to that on the trek the trek's a bit more cross-country-ish so what i think i'm going to do basically is kind of throw the two together and sort of like rob bits off one and bits on the other and have the trek as like an out and out cross-country bike and put my tubeless wheels on there and get a new set of forks for it and then and you know and then probably the giant i'll probably put some rigid forks on that maybe and just have it as like a bit more of like a clunker sort of affair i i don't know but that led me down as i say led me down an ebay rabbit hole and i found something now i'm i'm gonna say i'm not bidding for this i am not bidding for this but it was one of those things like i i have to tell you about this on the podcast because this thing this thing is too good um so this is something i found it's it's this is a scott scale 10 carbon fiber mountain bike hardtail size large so lovely so it's my size there it is great um now this dates back to about um if i to see if i can actually see if the guys actually put the date on there it would be too good if he was no he hasn't i think by oh yeah there you go it's a 2012 model okay okay yeah now um the uh i mean first of all it's a very nice looking bike it's a very exciting looking bike it's a it's 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 silver it's uh it looks in all fairness it looks very modern for a, a bike from 2012 um which is now you know 11 years old um now it's brace yourself for this 
9.3 kilograms. Wow, that is yeah. light. Super light for a mountain bike. Now, it's... Um, so let me just read it. So it says uh, 9.3 kilograms, Scott scale 10, cross-country mountain bike, hardtail mountain bike. Uh, uh, it says it's owned by from new, it's well looked after, and it certainly is. Um, so um, SRAM Carbon XO Group Set, Richie Carbon Handlebar, Richie Carbon Seat Post, Richie Carbon Stem, RockShocks, Air Tapered uh, Forks, DT Swiss Wheels. Nice. Avid Elixir 9RS brakes with carbon levers, um, Celia Italia carbon seat, and TI Springs titanium pedals. Um, now, uh, he said that the bike it was, was £4,400 when it was new, and I absolutely believe that to be true. And I'd say, have a, a, a friend who um, used to work for Scott back in the day and essentially tells me that that was pretty much like kind of one step away from a, a full factory bike in in 2012 but the only thing and this was this is what i was going to sort of put to you and in all fairness we don't have time to talk this through in its fullest extent but it's 26 inch wheel now should that put me off as much as it does now we yeah we could talk about this for for another half an hour i guess yeah i'm gonna make this episode two and a half hours long i don't it, think we can it, it shouldn't and i don't no. think it, it should at all however i know that you were a great exponent of the 29 inch when i moved from 27 and a half to 29 inch on mm. my mountain bike and you said how mm. how actually you know the bike rolls better faster once you get going it might be a little bit slower to actually get it going but once you're mm. away um, it's actually quite good. So you might find, even though it shouldn't be a problem, because you're so used to the the, the benefits of the 29er, that, mm. yeah, making a step down, you might think that it's, I don't know, mate. Are, is that because you are slightly, even though you said you're not going to bid on it, you are a teensy-weensy bit tempted? I'm, I'm not going to bid on it. I mean, for a start, I need a bigger shed if I'm going to start <laughs> on everything that i see but um the uh but no it, it just kind of it was almost like a little bit of a, a thought experiment for myself if you like because i was just kind of going through it and thinking wow this thing is spectacular mm. and um and and there has been there's kind of such a shift and i know a lot of people still ride kind of sort of 26 obviously but um you know yeah to me and i think you've pretty much bang the old nail directly on the head there because yeah for sure when i made the change i uh i made the change from 26 to 29 and when i first rode that 29 at funnily enough that trek that i'm talking about uh, resurrecting now it was just like wow the 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 sort of the role when you you know and that's the thing when you get it up and rolling the difference that it sort of makes when you're just sort of going over little rocks and and little sort of differences little just kind of rough bits um it is a it is a big difference um but there you go i know there's probably some people listening to this going what shut up <laughs> where the 26 is why haven't you bid for it already and i'll tell you i haven't bid for it because my shed is not big enough that's why but um yeah but i mean what a thing 600 you know 600 pounds and that bike can be yours astonishing Now, Enzo, we could spend the rest of the evening discussing uh, 26 versus 29-inch wheels on mountain bikes. 
And uh, who knows, maybe we will on a new podcast mini-series. Bob and Enzo discuss the merits of 26 versus 29-inch wheels on mountain bikes. But while we draw that up and uh, kind of brainstorm some sort of uh, ideas on that, uh, let's wrap this podcast up. Uh, I think it's been a good one. Uh, Hopefully everybody listening uh, thinks the same as well. So I just need to say uh, thank you to everybody that's listening. Thank you to Bill Hooper and Tata Fights Tigers for the uh, fantastic intro and outro music that they do, uh, that they have done for us, that we use every single episode. So until the next time, I'm going to say bye for now. Enzo, see you later on. Bye-bye. get the kind of those little bips that go beep 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 beep